Hey, Saucy But Sweet fam, welcome back to your favorite society and culture podcast. If it isn't clear by now, I am back in New York after making the trek to Palm Springs for Coachella. I've been back for quite a few weeks now. There is so much to unpack from that trip, and thought since festival season is just beginning, we can spend another week talking about all things Coachella. The good, the bad, the ugly, and trust me, if you're one of the unfortunate folks waiting for Frank Ocean to perform, then you definitely know what I mean when I say the ugly. Because between you and I, that performance was a lot of things, but good wasn't one of them. I also got to attend the festival with journalists like me, who love all things culture and music. I do think everyone should experience Coachella at least once. And when you do, make sure you bring tons of money, because it is no joke, y'all. I spent $15 on a cup of lemonade. Yep, you heard me right. Well, at least it was good. But if you're like me and ready for a season of fun and music out in the hot sun, stick with us. listening to Saucy But Sweet with Allie McPherson, a podcast where nothing is off limits, where we talk about everything from romance, sex, pop culture, and everything in between. Sit back, relax, and enjoy an unfiltered time where we keep it sweet and always saucy. I am so excited to have a new friend of the podcast, Sage Anderson, joining us. And he's a New Yorker like me, y'all. So you know this conversation is going to be good. So hi, Sage. Welcome to the podcast. So great to see you again after the weekend we had, which I cannot believe was almost three weeks ago. Can you introduce yourself for those who don't know you? Hi. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Sage Anderson. I am an editor at Rolling Stone. I cover mostly tech and e-commerce, but uh, I've, as you well know, have gotten to do some uh, music coverage lately at Coachella. (laughs) Woo! Oh my God. Yes, yes. What a trip. Now, let's get to it. You know, let's sum up our weekend. We stayed at Palm Springs at a five-star resort, went to fabulous pool parties, got Mm -hmm. to interview some folks. Shout out to Amber Mark. Mm -hmm. Uh, We traveled with the fabulous Aperol team. For those of you who don't know, Aperol is an amazing aperitif brand. I hope I said that word right. I'm sorry, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sure you guys have heard of Aperol Spritz. It's probably the best spritz known to man. No, they did not pay me to say that. We actually believe it. Mm -hmm. You know, we just had a great time. Flew first class, got to see most of our favorite musicians. And for those that don't know, listeners, I know I write for BET. I freelance for them. So I really was able to cover Coachella for BET as Sage was able to cover for Rolling Stone. Anything I'm leaving out? um, What were some of your highlights? (laughs) What are some things that, you know, to sum up the weekend for you? Well, let me tell you, I think that first of all, I think we should mention that it was both of our first times at Coachella. Woo! Yes. First of all, yeah. So an insane, insane weekend. I think that, you know, some of the highlights for me, obviously, was getting to see the real Coachella VIP experience, because you and I both know we're a little too old to be camping out. Hell no. On those des on those desert grounds. I don't know. We passed no. by we passed by the campground. Uh, and I saw some of the tents uh, in the car camping and I was like, more power to you. I 
it was such an exhausting weekend and we were already like in like five star accommodations. I can't even imagine if you were, you know, people drove out there cross country, like crazy, crazy. I can't even imagine. Nope. But yeah, obviously the music, I, I think the music getting to see some of my favorite acts live, getting to discover some new acts that was probably the best part of the weekend yes, yes. Um, for me, which is so interesting because I just read a piece in Time about how a lot of um, Coachella veterans, especially from what you think of as like the peak Coachella years of like the early 2010s, you know, you think of like the flower crowns and like all of that stuff, you know, a lot of those types of attendees have been saying how, you know, Coachella's not the same as what it used to be, you know, especially post-pandemic, and that it's a lot more of, like, an influencer, like, they Mm. call it the Influencer Olympics, as opposed to, you know, actually being a place to discover new music. Yeah. Uh, Now, I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, obviously, like, we don't really have you know, the experience to base that off of, whether or not it's different, but, like, what did you, what was your impression? Yeah, my impression, oh my god, uh, I mean, I did notice a lot of influencers, um, but mm-hmm. I actually felt like an influencer. I don't know if you felt like, I felt like an influencer there. I felt like an um, influencer, <laughs> yeah. I, I did, I, I felt less of, because I know I was there at BET, but, you know, I was the only one there from BET, so it wasn't like I had a whole bunch of BET crew with me, so I really felt like an influencer in VIP, and... Mm-hmm. What I really noticed is I I came to Coachella thinking, okay, this is just going to be a white event because everyone keeps saying how Coachella is so white. Mm -hmm. Um, Like the Oscars, Oscars so white, Coachella so white. That's so white. And what I really saw, and it was based on the performances that that were there, a lot of black, Latin, and Asian. A lot. Specifically Asian. A lot of Asian people. Yes. Shout out to the Asian community. Honestly, and shout out to Blackpink, headliner, one of the headliners. All the headliners are people of color. Oh my God. Yes. That was incredible. I would say like that is also, I think for me, one of the big draws was the lineup this year. I don't know if I would have on my own have shelled out like 500 plus dollars, but like for this lineup, like it was amazing. And also like I, like you were saying, like you saw like the huge amount of like the Asian community coming out, but like it was also great yes. for me to see like a lot of Puerto Ricans in the crowd, like a lot of Caribeños yes. in the crowd. Like that also made me feel yeah. like okay, we're getting we're getting here. Like this is we're getting, we're getting there. Yeah. Like all right, uh, it was a lot of fun. Just like you know, walking around and hearing so much Spanish, like just like the attendees like speaking yes. Spanish with each other. Yes. Like I was like, wow, this is incredible. Like. You know, and I don't know if it was just because of the headliners this year. Like, I don't know if it's like that every year. Shout out to Bad Bunny. Shout out to Bad Bunny. And Becky G, yeah. And Becky G, like, I and Rosalia, obviously. But I wish that, you know, it could sort of be like that every year. Yeah. I think that that's sort of, like, as we move into like this next phase of live music and touring and performing, you know, the quote unquote, like post pandemic, I think we're seeing more of like the globalization 
of like who gets to be a headliner. You know, one day I would love to see BTS headlining Coachella, yeah. you know, someone like that. Um, but as of right now, like, and another thing, like, I think it's like not just about like the like racial demographics at Coachella, but when I was at uh, Magdalena Bay's set, uh, now Magdalena Bay, they are an uh, electronic duo. They were on my, we did like sort of the six best discoveries of Coachella article. Uh, Now they weren't really a big discovery of mine. I've been a fan of theirs for a while, but because they have sort of this like retro hyper pop and like early internet aesthetic, they're very popular with um, like, not just like the TikTok, like Gen Z crowd, but like with the LGBT community. So when I went to their set, I saw more trans people there than I saw the entire weekend. Mm. And it was great. I was like, oh my God, like all of these like trans people around me, like celebrating. And I think that, you know, when you're walking around the grounds, you already see that there's like a Coachella like costume in general. People love like dressing up and like, you know, it's almost like Halloween like some of the shit you see people wearing oh man i saw some stuff i, I was like girl aren't you mm. cold <laughs> yes some- especially the first night for those of you who weren't there the first night it was like around 50 degrees and like with wind and it was freezing freezing <laughs> if i if i didn't love bad bunny as much as i did i would not have sat there in the cold for Mm-mm. over an hour i was exhausted but when i tell you his performance Aww. was that good that it woke me the hell up and mm-hmm. kept, get, kept me warm that old performance kept me warm i was good yep. i was just because <laughs> you know, your dad a, a lot of salsa <laughs> dancing it was a lot of twerking yeah and, and mind you let me say the folks who don't know i was seeing most of these performances by myself actually every yep. performance i saw was by myself and i it was as if i was with friends that's how much fun I had. Yes. And so any of you who might not have, you know, that many friends or friends who are not into Coachella, it can be a solo trip. It can be. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree because I also saw most of the sets by myself, uh, not just because of pure necessity, because there were a lot of uh, acts that I had to see that I had to cover for RS, but also, you know, you find that even if you don't like find festival friends, there is a certain energy when you're in the crowd of, you know, everyone around you loves the person that you're seeing. And so it just sort of energizes you and you feel this collective sense of, you know, pride and joy and celebration. And I think that that's one of the things about like, you can't, replicate that over video that's one of the things about live music that's so powerful like I felt that moment so specifically when I was at Chromio's set Mm. uh now Chromio is one of my favorite bands of all time they're an electric funk duo for those of you who don't know but they brought out LaRue on stage who was like a special guest and she did Bulletproof. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, she did Bulletproof. I have never seen a crowd lose their shit. <laughs> like, everybody was singing every lyric in unison. Wow. I was up against the barrier. I saw people, like, 
you know, throwing themselves all like on top of the barrier, just like you would think that it was like a mosh pit. And this is like, I don't know, like an electronic song from like 2013. From a long time ago. From a A long long time time ago. ago, And people were losing their minds. And I think that that's something that's still so powerful is that you get to like, you get to like celebrate the music that, has affected you so deeply and so personally like on your own that you've been listening to on your own now you get to experience that same emotion with like thousands and thousands and thousands of other people uh the downside to that though is as you remember uh blink 182's first set that was on the saturday of the first weekend it wasn't friday maybe friday or saturday maybe maybe it was friday yeah Yeah, actually it might have been friday that set, first of all, it was dangerous. <laughs> they were dangerous. Um, they were on the Sahara stage, which was at the back of the venue. Uh, when the main stage is sort of near the front, I personally think for like the crowd that they pull and for the popularity that they have, they probably should have gotten like put on the main stage. Yeah. Because not only is the Sahara stage a weird sort of setup where it's like a covered stage and there really are only like two side exits. Like it's still outdoors, but there's really only two side exits. There were, you would have thought that they weren't the headliners yet. They were hadn't been made the headliners yet, but you would have thought they were the headliners because there was an insane crowd crush situation and it felt a little dangerous for for a hot second like i you know was really like we were packed in like sardines i couldn't see a way out and like that was a little frightening like trying to get in and out of that crowd especially like post post astro world i'm always sort of cognizant of finding the exit yeah. when i go to concerts and i just think that that was like you know I don't know. I I managed to get out and it was fine. But I think that, you know, you always have to be aware of those moments, especially when you're seeing someone. Because I know you were in you were in the middle of GA for Bad Bunny. Whoa. So. Whoa. Yeah. How was that? (laughs) Let me tell you, it was fun when we were in the middle of it. It was a lot of dancing, a lot of like, woo. And then I had some folks who were translating what the hell this man was saying because <laughs> there was a part in the show where he said y'all want me to speak english or spanish and everyone said spanish, spanish. and i said oh okay then who gonna translate for me <laughs> why y'all leave me hanging like that come like, on oh, you leave me hanging you come on benito please and and i was laughing and um you know a little bit of translating was done and but i as I was, it wasn't a problem when I was in the middle of it, when the show was going on, but then when the show was over and I was trying to find my way uh-huh. out, you should have seen me. I was on the phone with, um, with Abby from the, yeah. from the team, from the April team. And I was almost having a panic attack trying to get out because you couldn't breathe. You had, and I was trying oh. to get out through VIP, but VIP were like, oh yeah, you can't go through us anymore. Like, no. And I had to go with everyone else and mm-hmm. I kept following the wrong people. Oh, that's the worst. Oh my God. That's the worst. And if anyone who's been to Coachella knows the walk from the like grounds to outside where like the cars are and oh my God, the walk. The walk is crazy. So this is what we're talking about being drained and exhausted. Not only is it a huge venue where you go to different 
performers and who perform at the same time. Yeah. But also, you have to get to and from the, you know, from the shuttle or, or car to the ground and then vice versa. Mm-hmm. And it is extremely long of a walk, like 20 minutes. Are you ready to become the best version of yourself and live your best life? Are you tired of feeling stuck in your career, relationships, and your day-to-day routine? It all begins with you. In order to give your best, you have to become your best self. Stop living by default and create the life you want. I remember when there was a time where I felt like I had no control over my life. And the best life coach slash relationship coach to help me put my life back together is Odette Godonel. If you are a hardworking, independent, successful woman who lacks energy, focus, and direction, feels overwhelmed, stressed, and anxious, thinks there is never enough time, puts herself at the bottom of your priority list, feels a lack of connection in your marriage or relationship, or feels stuck and afraid of change, Odette can help. You don't have to keep struggling, and you don't have to figure it out alone. Odette has found the tools to learn how to stop living by default and start creating the life and the relationship that she wanted and helped countless clients do the same. With her help, you can learn to reignite the spark within yourself, improve connection, intimacy, and fun in your marriage, have the best relationship possible with your partner, have more harmony, satisfaction, and joy in your relationship, improve communication and conflict resolution, increase your self-confidence, self-love, and self-worth, prioritize what really matters, and set boundaries, and have goals, habits, and actionable steps that lead to results. If you're tired of living your life on the sidelines, visit www.odettecoronel.com. That's www.odettecoronel.com. You'll thank me later. two mile walk like it's yeah. no joke and also the fact that like the the road itself is a like a dusty dirt road and that dust like when hundreds of people are walking on it 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 kicks up and you know they joke about the like Coachella cough but like it's real I think after the first day I woke up and I was like because <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was just so dusty like it's disgusting that's why you see everybody wearing bandanas and you have, like, the guys on the bikes with the boom boxes driving you to the venue because uh, you could pay to get driven to the venue because it's just so, it's so far. So far. And even, like, getting from set to set, I think that, like, I had a, you know, I had a completely different idea of how how easy it would be to get from set to set. Like Me too! I, yeah, I, put, I made my schedule in the app and I was like, oh, five minutes? To get from Blondie to, like, Blackpink? Yeah, I'll do that. Like, that'll work. And then I'm like, oh, it takes me, like, 15, 20 minutes to get anywhere. It doesn't work. Oh, my God. And then even just getting to general admission to VIP is like, Mm. oh, my God. Because I kept going back and forth. Yeah. to be honest... If you're there on VIP, yeah, you paid money to be there, but sometimes where it's really popping is, like, general admission. Like, it's be popping over there. So it, Yeah, listen, the view, 
like, from VIP is not always the best. No, it's not. That's why I didn't see Bad Bunny from there. Yeah. What you pay for is really, you know, which is why I, you know, I jumped the fence into VIP to avoid the Blink-182 crush. But, like, you know, what you pay for is to not get crushed by the crowd. But you don't always get the best vantage point. Um, like even for like, I ran to see Porter Robinson, um, on Sunday and the GA crowd that, that was also like, because it was like early enough in the day, that wasn't like a crazy, like GA crowd on the main stage. Uh, I started out watching it in VIP and then I was like, no, actually this sucks. I can't see him. That's what I did. Yeah. That's what I did for Bad Bunny. I was like, why Mm -hmm. would I be in VIP? Because I would be in VIP if like. I was able to get in the front with like the right artist pass you were talking about an artist yes. pass. Yeah, the the media, yeah, the artist pass, yeah. That's how you get in the front of the stage. Let me tell you, if you get VIP for those of you who don't know, you don't actually get in the front don't. of the stage if you have VIP. Dang. Um although that's not always the best place to be though because one of our uh one of our other writers, uh Tomas Miller, he was in the media artist area at the front of the stage for Frank Ocean and talk about like a dangerous crowd crush situation because he he said that he saw a woman pass out next to him and he was next to uh, Troy Savan who was like, hey, man, you got you. You should get out now if you still can. No, that 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 that's um, bad. And, and I mean, that that. And that's a great transition into the collective pain we all had at Coachella, which was watching Frank Ocean's performance. I was about to say, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of an artist who you couldn't see from the no stage, no matter where you were, <laughs> no matter where you were, fucking Frank oh, Ocean. It, it was just oh. not. It was not good. And in, in the last episode, I know it was, li- it was not I know it. My, my, my listeners remember um, part one of of this, which was live at Coachella. Part one of my podcast episodes. I had at the end Frank Ocean uh, doing a you know a clip because I I at the end I have um I wanted fans listeners of my podcast to hear um the top moments that I had at Coachella and at the end I have a Frank Ocean yeah. little clip I don't want any of you guys to think mm. that that means the performance was good <laughs> just that part of the performance was good <laughs> yeah be clear it sucks. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. Because it was not good. Like, if you, if you, if any of you, like, were following on Twitter, because I know that there was no live stream, if any of you were following on Twitter and you were like, was it really that bad? Yes, it was really that bad. It was as bad um, as you think it was. I will say, though, bad as you think it was. But it was disappointing, too, because like you, like you said, like, you, you cut that clip. He had some really, really beautiful moments, like, when he was just actually when he was actually performing like when he was yeah. actually singing like he did a gorgeous like rendition of pink and white beautiful, yeah beautiful he did self-control that was also really beautiful i'm actually uh sad he i heard during soundcheck he had planned to do uh moon river and then he didn't end it up he didn't end up doing it during his actual performance mm. but that's another one of uh my favorite covers of his and the thing for me is that, like, I, I, I'm a Frank Ocean fan. Mm-hmm. I've been a fan since his Tumblr days. I remember, if any of you were on Tumblr back in the early 2010s when uh, Frank Ocean released Channel Orange, you could not avoid the, like, download link on your dashboard. Mm-hmm. I think I saw, like, 50 posts a day of Channel Orange. But 
I like I wouldn't say I was a super fan. I wasn't enough to feel like betrayed by the performance. I feel like some people's reaction is like kind of in, in retrospect, I think like with two weeks like in the rear view, I feel like some fans are like overreacting a little yeah to being like he owes us this and he owes us that but i will say like i did you and i both felt like our time was wasted i felt cheated you felt cheated because like we were there for he was an hour late you know we had a long ass weekend before that you know we're tired we're standing all day yep And I also feel bad for mostly for like all those ice skaters and those background performers that had practiced for weeks, you know, this huge routine. And then like the morning of he's just like, just kidding. I don't want to do it anymore. Like, I feel bad for them. You know, I hope they still got paid. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm not a fan of the PR team's move and how they handled it with saying it was an injured ankle. You telling me he was supposed to be ice skating? You telling me mm. he, he wasn't supposed to be ice skating, so what do you mean injured ankle? He could have yeah. still had the set. He just didn't want it. He just didn't want it. Yeah. And if anxiety or mental illness is an issue for him, that actually could have been exactly what the PR team said. Yes. I would have rather them be honest and be like, he, you know, struggles with anxiety or, you know, it was clear that it was hard for him too to be at Coachella because of his brother's passing and you know he has very deep feelings attached to Coachella I mean during his set he mentioned that you know the last time he was at Coachella he was there with his brother and he took him to see uh Ray Srummond and like so it's clear that you know even two years out from his brother's passing he's still you know he's still grieving and I know a lot of fans are like Oh, but that's like, that's no excuse. I think what people are just asking for is for him to be like, you know, be honest. I think people be would understand. Yeah. Be transparent. Yeah. I, I think there's a fine line, though, because like, at a certain extent, it's like, what do what do artists owe us? You know, he always strikes me as an artist who like, doesn't want to who doesn't feel the need to like hyper commercialize his work. Or, you know, he doesn't feel the need to tour. He's just an artist who loves making art and he just wants to, like, drop his music and, you know, do whatever, like, on his own terms. On his own terms. You know, people were like, where's the new album? And he's like, I'm doing another Apple Music radio show. (laughs) He just does whatever he wants. And at a certain point, like, that's kind of commendable that, like, he's just doing whatever the fuck he wants. But, you know... That, you know, that felt rough for us. I mean, we ran into this girl at the Palm Springs airport when we were leaving. And she was like, I, you know, drove all the way out to Coachella. Like, I love Frank Ocean. Um, I waited at the barricade for nine hours to see him. And then it wasn't even a spot because of the way the stage setup was. It wasn't even a spot where I could see him at all. Yeah. And I felt so bad mm-hmm. for her, like, for the people. What a shame. It was such a shame. But to a certain extent, like, at a very base level, when you sign up to do a job, you should still do that job. And do it well. Don't and just, do it well. You know, because this is Coachella. Yeah. It, was, it was not a Coachella performance. It was not a Coachella-worthy 
performance. Like, we saw, you know, Bad Bunny, like, with, like, amazing production value. Woo! You know, Blackpink, amazing production value. Um, and not saying that every artist has to, like, even do something, you know, crazy with, like, a million set pieces and a million dancers. I mean, Calvin Harris just got up there, <laughs> like, alone on his little DJ board and did, like, a two-hour set that, like, you know... I enjoyed it. Was the staging that interesting? No, but like he still threw a great party. He still put on a show and it was, and it was simple, but it was effective. Um, but you could tell that's what he set out to do. He was like, I'm just going to get up there. I'm just going to play my hits. Although I, I, you know, I hate that he brought out Ellie Goulding, like with three minutes left in his set. I thought that was stupid, but um, yeah. Just because of the timing. Now, I love Ellie Goulding, yeah. but just because of the timing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for Frank, like, you know, like, you could tell that's not what he... Poor planning. Poor planning. It seemed like he wasn't... Poor planning. Prepared. He wasn't prepared. It just was like, I'm winging it. I'm winging it. Yeah. It really felt like a dress rehearsal. Yeah. It's like some Kanye shit. It is like some Kanye level, like, <laughs> my roommate said the same thing. She was like, never go full Kanye. He went full Kanye. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I wouldn't pay to see Frank Ocean. I mean, I didn't pay anyway for this. Well, we year, didn't pay anyway. Yeah, I, but I would, I, I would, I, I, I wouldn't take the money that I could use on other things to see him, especially after someone yeah. like Rosalia killed it. And I would pay to see her. Oh yeah, but not him, not him again. I, 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 I wouldn't do it. Mm-mm. You know what it is because I think it's it's like it's unpredictable. Like you don't know what you're gonna get. Like you know if you. If you pay to see him, you know, like, are, is he going to show up? Like, is he going to, you know, give it his all? But we've seen before that he can give it his all because in 2017, where did he perform in 2017? Um, he did another festival, festival 2017 at... Park Life Festival, or no, Panorama Festival in 2017, where he gave an amazing performance. Mm, okay, okay. That was also, like, pretty simple, but, like, it was good. It was really good. And so we know that he can give, like, fulfilling live performances. Mm-hmm. Mm. I just think that, you know, he shouldn't have taken the gig if, you know, he knew that he wasn't going to be up for it. But the whole the the diva thing of, like you know, disassembling the stage the day of, you know, canceling all the background dancers. Like, that's more of the thing that I'm like, you know, you screwed over all these people who worked so hard that, like, again, I really, at the end of the day, I just hope all these people are getting paid. <laughs> Ridiculous. I, you know what? I know he getting paid, so they better be getting paid. You know? They better be getting paid, He got yeah. paid for, uh, for doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he got paid for, you know, giving us nothing and, and, you know, shout out to shout, shout out to you know Frank Ocean. Include you know when it comes to mental health though, because mental health is so important. Mm-hmm. I want to give a shout Truly, out to him if yeah. he is struggling mentally and emotionally. Yeah, but also shout out to the fans who paid to see him and expected an actual performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, damn. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> that too. Come on. Truly, yeah. Yeah, and and I'm curious. Are there any? other you know festivals or anything you're looking forward to because it is festival season it is Coachella kind of starts it i've gone to izu in in new york i don't know if you know electric zoo yes no yes Uh, oh my god i went i went once in my uh when i was 20 and i never went again 
Um, I said, yeah. this is a one-time thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, are there any other any festivals that you're really looking forward to this summer or things you're doing? You know what? I, I, I'm actually really excited for GovBall this year because uh, Lizzo's headlining uh, Kendrick Lamar. Lizzo's headlining. Woo, Lizzo. Kendrick Lamar is headlining. Ooh, yes. uh, Kim Petras is going to be there. I love her. Lil Nas X is going to be there. Oh, um, shit. It's a it's a stacked lineup this year. I went to Govball last year cool, and it was cool. fine. I, I think that, you know, a lot of people were on tour last year. So I think that was a little festival season was a little weird. But yeah, like, yeah. I'm really excited for Govball. But like, I'm not actually like I just started going to more festivals because of this job, obviously. Um, And now wow. I'm kind of now I'm more into it. Um, I think I'm getting more into it. But yeah, I'm really excited cool, for cool. Govball. And um, yeah. in the fall, uh, my favorite electronic artist, uh, Porter Robinson, he has his own festival called Second Sky. And that's typically in um, in uh, Oakland, California. And so if he does that again, I will be there again. I was there to interview him last year, but I will Dope. just go just as a fan. Uh, Magdalena Bay, like I mentioned before, yeah. they will probably also be there. So yeah, like I, you know, there are other concerts that I'm excited for that aren't like festival, you know, concerts, but yeah, yeah overall, yeah. I think it's going to be a good, good festival summer. No, for sure. For sure. I still want to go to the, um, was it lights out festival? Lights her, out. Her, she, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think she does it every year. I don't know if she did it this year. I don't know actually, but it's, yeah, I'm not sure she usually advertises on her Instagram, but I always wanted to go. It's in California. Um, as you know, I love going to Cali. But that's something I'd love to do in the future. Um, Coachella again, not on my own dime. Not on my own not dime. Not on my own but... dime. No, some, someone else has got to pay for it next time. <laughs> I, I it's really... the most expensive festival in the world. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I looked at ticket prices when I thought about going by myself, and I was like, no. There is no way. Oh, no. We never did. My friends and I never did. We That was our dream. My dream was to go to Coachella, and obviously, you know, I, I did that, and I'm... To, my dream was not only was my dream to go but then to go and covering for BET like that's just like I would have never thought that'd be my life so I'm oh, very happy and grateful yeah we had a dinner that was on outstanding in the field at Coachella and we just talked about being grateful and you know we had a moment we showed a moment of gratitude for our careers and you know think like wow what is this life that we have you know that we get to do things like this you know not not just for free but just like the type of like you know coverage and getting to meet people and travel a lot like it's a it's a blessing it's a real blessing and I think that that's one of yeah yeah so I, I I'm glad that you were talking about gratitude at the dinner the dinner that I missed because I was watching Rosalia and I said I ain't missing that <laughs> Because you were, yeah. I I almost missed that dinner too, yeah. Yeah, it, it was just, you know, you guys have done this a little bit more than me. I mean, you guys are editors and, you know, do this more often. But this was actually the first time that I've traveled for work in a job doing this type of thing. Wow. And I hope there's more of it. Yeah. Yes, it was. Um, I said, this is my life. Like, are you? What? Yeah. You know? You have that sort of like weird out of body experience that you're like, I cannot believe I am here doing this. Like, this is insane. Like, But yeah, I, I've covered music events before. I've covered um, Grammys and BET Awards, and I, I hope to do the BET Awards um, this year as well. I'm going to talk to my editor about that. But I've never done, I've never done it in person. 
And so flying to my fa- one of my favorite places, which is California, was just a, a dream come true. So I'm, I'm glad I was able to experience it with you guys. And shout out to all the folks, us, all people of color. Just want to put that out. John Leguizamos had a, um, he had a column in Rolling Stone that was published yesterday. And in the first paragraph, he called out, how many bylines do you see in New York publications? That is, a, you know, we, we're, it's a huge community. We're a huge community in New York, but how many yeah. Latino bylines do you see yeah. in publications like the New York Post, the New York Times, even Rolling Stone, you know? So yeah. being out there, I was like, wow, I'm going to get my name, my byline under the music vertical for Rolling Stone. Like that was a, wow. it was a huge moment for me. I was like, you know, because mm. I love covering tech. I love covering e-commerce, but there's something about saying I wrote about music for Rolling Stone that felt like a career mm. milestone. I'm sure for you too, getting oh. the cover for BET. No words. I mean, just like BET, Black Entertainment Television at Coachella. Are you kidding? You know, and I, and I, it, it's, unreal it's unreal and i and i'm so glad that i have this podcast where we could talk about it and and that i have you know i write for bet and that you know you're doing your thing at rolling stone i mean these are not small outlets these are legit these are legit we grew up wanting this as kids and so i'm i'm woo you know uh yes and also i want to ask um as you know in my, in my last episode i i had a little snippets for the listeners to listen to kind of my favorite moments at coachella would you be able to submit um some of the if, if you i know you've taken videos of the performances some of your favorite performances you can send them to me and I, I just want the listeners to know and to hear at the end of this episode so they can kind of feel like they're there again from your perspective this time instead of mine Ooh, so, asking yeah. for my music opinions <laughs> here we go. come on from a rolling stone and Editor too. Come on, y'all. Let's go. <laughs> Amazing. So listeners can listen out for that in the end of the episode. You will definitely hear Sage's point of view of Coachella weekend one. So yes, thank you so much for coming on today. This is amazing. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It was such a great experience. Uh, this is actually the first podcast that I've ever been on. What? So <laughs> so excited it was yours. Um, and yeah, I'm just so excited to see your work going forward and hopefully you get to travel. I mean, you know, I do this a lot, obviously, but like, I hope you get to have more experiences like this in the future because you totally deserve it. You're so talented. Hell yeah, man. Anybody want to hire me to, 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 to go to the festival and cover for BET? Let me know. BET, hire her. Because <laughs> yes. I ain't spending no money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get real. <laughs> Here are the moments and performances from Coachella that really impacted Sage that he wanted to share with all of you. That's all for this week. Thank you for listening to Saucy But Sweet with Allie McPherson. 